0: A few years ago, I met my friend Hatesha, who introduced me to endometriosis. She told me that 1 in 10 women suffer from this condition, and that it can be more painful than giving birth. Now I've heard my mum describe that giving birth is worse than having your bones broken, so I was pretty shocked by how little I knew about this condition, given how prevalent it is. In this episode, I want to learn more about endo, and why so few people are aware of it. I spoke with Dr. Mike Arma Mike about that.
1: Um, I'm a postdoc research fellow at Nickham Health Research Institute, and I specialize in women's health, um, especially endometriosis and period pain. So uh, endometriosis is where tissue similar to the lining of the uterus, so that's the endometrium, is found outside the uterus. So a really important, really important point is it's not the same as the lining of the uterus. So it's found um, outside the uterus in things called endometriosis lesions, which are little, I guess, you know, globs of of endometriosis tissue, if you like.
0: These are the bad guys. They have a higher concentration of nerve cells. These nerve cells are unmyelinated, which makes them more sensitive.
1: It's a bit like the stripped wires, so it's much more sensitive. Um, And these send pain signals to the brain really, really easily
0: nerve cells are concentrated in these lesions because an immune cell called a macrophage releases something called nerve growth factors.
1: That's one of the the issues is that the more of this nerve growth factor there is, um, the more of these unmyelinated fibers there are in these lesions causing pain.
0: You'd think that, okay, well, that's what causes pain in endometriosis. But
1: It's a complex disease, so it's unlikely it's gonna be just one thing.
0: Mike explained that some women get endometriosis lesions all over their gut, but experience little to no pain.
1: So it's not just the presence of the tissue, but some other changes that we think happen as well.
0: Two other things could be happening. Central sensitization, which is when the pain signals are amplified in the brain, and peripheral sensitization, which is when the nerve cells become easily triggered. This happens because the threshold to activate these nerve cells becomes much lower.
1: So this is one of the reasons why endometriosis is, is a it's a painful condition.
0: I recently spoke to my friend Hatesha. She was at her house with her husband James and their one-year-old daughter. Come here, hey. to show. I'm going to eat. Okay, you go. Yeah, yeah. No. we just need yeah.
2: some baby noises
0: was trying to get her daughter to make some baby noises without much success, so James offered to help.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good.
0: (laughs) Usually, Endo goes undiagnosed for years, so I asked Tatasha how long she had it before she was diagnosed.
2: I think it was about nine years before I was finally diagnosed, so I have always had painful periods. But Coming from the cultural background that I come from, it was very easy for me to believe that, you know, pain pain with period is just normal. Uh, And I never thought much of it.
1: You know, when you think about how difficult it is... That's Mike Armour again. ...for, say, someone born in New Zealand or Australia who's grown up perhaps with less, not to say no, but less cultural taboos around menstruation, um, it's already difficult for them to access care. Um, how much more difficult is it if you or mum or, or your sisters or your family basically say we can't talk about periods, they're taboo, they're dirty.
2: It was only when the pain lingered outside my period that I realised that something was not right. The pain got really bad and it was it was affecting my gut a lot. And I was getting refluxes and like really bad digestion problems. And that's when I went and spoke to a doctor. And the doctor said, okay, it looks like endometriosis. The only way of diagnosing it is to have a laparoscopic surgery.
0: In a laparoscopy, the surgeon makes a keyhole incision in the abdomen to insert a thin tube with a camera. If they see endometriosis, they then cut it out and do a biopsy.
2: After the laparoscopy, she told James that your wife has. Stage 4 endometriosis. She has um, adenomyosis and polycystic ovaries.
0: This is also another reason why so many women are underdiagnosed.
1: To have a a confirmed diagnosis, you've got to have a laparoscopy, um, which is obviously an invasive surgical procedure. So doctors are understandably, I think, reluctant to kind of, you know, um, find someone who's 17 having severe pain and do a laparoscopy. Um, So I think from my point of view, probably one of the biggest contributors is women are taught that period pain is normal um, and it's just something you need to put up with. And a lot of the time, they're not really educated on what level of pain it would be considered quote unquote normal. And so when they say to someone like their GP or their mum or their friends, oh, I have really painful periods, they're usually told that's normal so do i just suck it up use a heat pack use ibuprofen so they're often you know their pain's being dismissed or it's being kind of lumped together you know so that everyone who has period pain is somehow the same so that's part of it um a lot of the other symptoms that are characteristic of endometriosis like painful sexual intercourse again there's this there has been this idea that um You know, pain during sex is just something that women have to put up with. Um, It's maybe normal, especially when you're younger. Um, So a lot of these symptoms are are just being downplayed a lot of the time.
0: After the break, I talked to some of my friends about period pain and endometriosis hey did you know that blabcoats is self-funded we're a bunch of university students doing this as a passion project everyone over here puts in days of work to bring you content like the episode you're listening to so if you enjoy what we do then support us on patreon or by purchasing blabcoats merch we have shirts hoodies mugs phone cases and more we have some really cool designs so check out the link in the description shout out to xavier
4: so growing up i remember okay so i always got mine i got mine super late in comparison to everybody else i got mine like almost when i was 15 and average ages from like 11 upwards um 11 to 13
0: that's my friend raisa it was 8 in the morning and she was one of the first few students to make it in into our office and i was telling her along with my two other friends emily and jillian about the episode i'm making for endo Uh, And so I decided to record that conversation as they were telling me about the experiences.
4: And I remember people telling me all the time it's the worst thing ever. Um, Not only do you have to deal with like things like leaking and going places and people making fun of you at school, that happened a lot. Um, Like boys, if they saw like a girl being stained or whatever, then they would make a lot of fun of them. Which is like, they're going through an unfortunate circumstance, why would you do that? But uh, yeah, people just tell me about like how they have to stay in bed for days or they they can't go to school or they can't go to uni or they can't go to work because of how bad it is and i always just thought that was normal Mm. like uh and i always thought i was the lucky one because i don't get pain that severe like Mm. i get i get pain but not to the point where like i can't i'm incapable of doing what i need to do Mm. um
0: what about you emily did you growing up were you told that pain is normal
3: yeah definitely what i heard a lot is that even with the pain you still have to just go normal
4: yeah. life, go to work, and just deal with the pain.
0: Were you guys ever taught that like maybe you should go to a doctor and see what could no, be done? No, because
4: people are just like oh that's normal, mm. that's just how periods are. Like I never even thought about like going to the doctor about my problems until I started. Like I'm glad I have my older cousin who was like this isn't normal, you should go actually see somebody because mm. she had to get told by someone else that like what you're going through because she she had severe pain as well. Mm. She had to be told her. Um, She went to a good doctor that told her, like, that's not normal, that's not okay. And I'm glad that she was able to say that to me as well.
0: Do you think you guys have, like, friends or family members or distant family friends or family members that probably have things like endo or some other reproductive disease or condition, but they probably think it's normal?
4: Yeah, no, I I 100% think, like, possibly all my friends have, a lot of my friends have PCOS.
0: PICOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome.
4: They might be misdiagnosed and I might actually have endo. Um,
0: Do you guys, can, you guys come from ethnic families, both of you? Do uh, you think it's worse in the Bengali community?
4: I think so. Mm. I think people don't like talking about it. Um, I know a lot of people that are Bengali that they don't even talk to their dads about that stuff. I'm lucky; my dad's a doctor and he's very open about talking about these things. But even then, he has like a certain limit. Yeah. Like he'll be like, "I will supply the pads, but that's it." <laughs> I don't want if if you if there's something abnormal and you think it's abnormal, let me know and we'll try to sort it out. Um, my mum, she she's uh, like had normal periods her entire life, and like she so you put
0: eggplants there?
4: Because
3: yeah, what's normal?
4: Yeah, for her, it was just like I got it when I was thirteen. I got it every 28 days. Mm. I didn't get pain. Yeah, that was it. And I was like, okay, well, but you have three other daughters and they're all experiencing very different things right
0: now. What about you, Emily? Are Italians hush hush about that stuff?
3: I don't know about the cultural thing. I know it's a big difference between gender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot of men just don't understand or they just don't want to, type of thing. Well, it's much easier to talk to women about periods because they want to know and they
4: want to kind of like... My mom never even told me about it. Like, she never even told me that periods were a thing. She just assumed school taught me. And because I got it so late, she she never sat down with me about it. Because I got it so late, she was like, oh, are you concerned about you not getting it yet? Blah, 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 I'll take you to the doctor. But she never had a conversation or anything before that being like, this is what's gonna happen. This is why it happens. This is how you deal with it
3: i um, don't know did school ever teach you about periods I, I don't remember I don't a class remember. at all I don't like recall. i remember sexual education but i've never really remember well, anyone no, actually telling me it. about periods just, i learned it all from my mom yeah. i don't think it's There's anything, anything substantial
2: yeah. i don't remember
3: yeah, like a lot to be quite honest yeah. maybe they say
2: you get it and this is like the cycle and this might happen but then like I'm like
3: twenty-seven and I'm like, how does a period work? Yeah. Well no, uh, I know I know how it works now, but I'm just like, oh. like it's important for people like <laughs> girls getting their periods to understand that having a period like every six months or so is not alright.
4: Yeah.
0: And like
3: when's the best time to actually go to a doctor.
0: I'm I'm a little bit shocked about how little this topic is discussed. Mike Arma said the same thing about PDHP classes not actually covering the topic in sufficient depth.
1: Classes that they have at school, like the PDHP classes, tend to not even talk about period pain at all.
0: Which leaves most girls with not a lot of knowledge to be able to pick up anything that's wrong with them. That's quite sad. This is an educational problem.
1: In women and in medical professionals.
0: For hatasha this has not only meant that she has been suffering all alone, but it has also meant that many medical professionals who came across her simply didn't understand her. And at times, they thought she was lying.
2: When I would be in agonizing pain and we would call the ambulance and there'll be paramedics discussing whether or not to give me a strong painkiller or whether I was a drug abuser because they would not they would, they would not take it seriously because it's nothing that's showing, I'm not bleeding outside, you know. There's nothing much they can do at the emergency as well uh, because it's just pain, they need to give pain relief but that delay in deciding that whether I deserve pain relief or not is very painful. Emotionally and physically
0: when a woman is diagnosed with endometriosis They are usually put on a pill to stop their period But if you want to have a child you can't be on the pill, which means that you have to go through agonizing pain until you fall pregnant for her she had to endure seven years and Multiple miscarriages before she had a child
2: for us. We we wanted to have a child so in and in doing that I had to have a period every month so you can't really stop a period you can't have you know pills or any other hormones that can actually stop your periods so I was having heavy bleeding that would lead into excruciating pain before and after the period and I would end up in the emergency, at least once a month.
0: (laughs) In making this episode, I've come to realize that endometriosis affects every aspect of a woman's life. Their ability to have friendships, relationships, their ability to study and pursue higher education, and their ability to work and provide for themselves. For Hatesha, it meant that she had to drop working.
2: Or when people didn't understand you and people was like, why would you leave your job just because you have painful periods? Or you'll say, okay, I have endometriosis. Yes, my friend has endometriosis as well. She had a surgery. She went back to work. She's fine. Why can't you go back to work?
1: And so women are coming in to work, but they're often in severe pain or severely fatigued, which is another symptom of endometriosis that we've only just started to really understand is actually a really characteristic symptom, the severe chronic fatigue.
0: Women not being able to work and pursue further studies has an impact on our economy as well.
1: It was around $30,000 in lost productivity per woman in Australia per year. With endometriosis often had to take around four sick days per month because of their pain. So. As you can imagine, it doesn't take long to use up all your sick leave. Our estimates are around nine, over nine billion Australian dollars per year is lost um, in productivity.
0: There is some good news though. Recently, the federal government allocated nine million dollars towards developing non-invasive diagnostics and towards understanding the underlying mechanisms that causes this condition. And then you have researchers like Dr. Mike Armour. looking at ways of managing the pain that women experience
1: so the things that I'm really excited about are our clinical research so we finished a clinical trial just a pilot study on acupuncture for endometriosis um, which we hope to publish in the next few months and we found really promising results there was a 54% pain drop um, in women who received acupuncture, um, compared to those who got nothing. Look, this is just a a feasibility study, not designed to show efficacy or effectiveness, um, so we can't make those claims, uh, so it's certainly worth, you know, a a much larger clinical trial looking at that. We're also running a clinical trial at the moment on using a modification of a Chinese herbal medicine, um, called GynoClear, um, on the symptoms of endometriosis Um, and this has been used for several hundred years to treat um, pelvic pain so we think that it's going to have you know potentially a great effect on um, you know on endometriosis symptoms and again here we're we're really targeting pain uh, pain and quality of life if we can reduce pain and improve women's quality of life that's a great start you know, the thing that we've had the most interest in is um, our upcoming projects on medicinal cannabis. Uh, we did a survey last year and we found that surprisingly common for women in the community to be using cannabis um, for the endometriosis pain. So almost one in five, which is a lot considering they're getting it illicitly or illegally. They do report really significant improvements, not only in their pain, but sleep, um, nausea and other symptoms which are often caused by some of the other medication they're taking.
0: Dr. Mike Arma is taking on research students. He has a number of projects available, so if you're interested in working with him on endometriosis, then please contact him. His email address is in the description of this episode.
1: I'm actually very flexible, and I'd be happy to talk to students about the projects that they would like to do. Um, But one of the things, I think there's several areas where I'd love to do some more research. Um, One is diet. We know very little about the effect of diet on endometriosis um, and there is um, women report pe- positive effects with change in diet but they seem to be positive whether they go vegan paleo keto uh, gluten-free so there's something that there is changes there and because of the location of the obviously the gut um and where the lesions are it's likely that reducing um you know kind of bloating or any irritation in that area will reduce endometriosis pain so if anyone's got an interest in diet dietary therapies anything like that we'd love to um do some more work in that yoga as well yoga um or kind of like gentle movement for endometriosis because we know that um high intensity exercise often doesn't fit well for women with endometriosis. So I'd love to know more about yoga or um, something you know similar. So those are two areas I'm really keen on. And also finally, um, like we mentioned before, kind of the cultural constructs of menstruation. So if anyone's interested, you know, and they come from a, a Cal background and they have particular interest in, um, I guess finding out in their community, what's going on we'd love to you know to talk
0: putting together this episode has been very enlightening as a guy i was oblivious to how many issues women face with their reproductive organs i guess the biggest takeaway is that we need to raise more awareness and the way we do that is by normalizing conversations about menstruation and periods i've started having those conversations through this episode and I'll continue to have them in the future with friends, parents, siblings, nephews, and nieces. We all have women that we care about in our lives. So it's important to make sure that they are okay.
2: It is very good to know that there is awareness being started. You know, there's there's things that are going to help women in future generations about endometriosis. It's very, I mean, I'm really happy to know that if my daughter has endometriosis she will not be in the darkness i was but there is still a long way to go there's a long way to go there are lots and lots of women who don't know that they have something wrong
4: black coats was created by Hamid Sadeki and alex ray this episode was produced by Hamid Sadeghi. special thanks to Dr. Mike Armour and Hiteshaw. Our team includes Marina Khan, Alex Ray, Yinghu Yu, Hamid Sadeki, Michael Morgan, and Tay McKnight. You can support us on Patreon by purchasing our merchandise, by giving us a review on iTunes, sharing this episode with a friend, and following our Facebook and Twitter page.